Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. Here's a statement that I want you to consider. Real, ongoing change for the better definitely occurs in genuine Christ followers. Put another way, you cannot come to the Lord Jesus Christ and become His follower and not change and not see definite fruit in your life. Now, what I want to say is this. We are saved completely by the grace of God. We don't save ourselves. He saves us. And we don't keep ourselves saved. He keeps us saved. That is very, very true. And we are not saved by works. We don't stay saved by works. That is not the point here. The point is this. You cannot meet Jesus and not be changed. Now, different people grow at different uh, pace, at a different pace, at different levels. And without a doubt, when Jesus uh, even gave the parable of the seed and the sower, when he said that uh, there, there at the end, he went through all the different kinds of soils and and the results of those soils. But then at the end, some seed fell on good ground and some brought forth 30-fold and some 60-fold and some 100-fold fruit. And and I believe the point there is uh, there's fruit that comes. Uh, some In some lives, less fruit than in other lives, uh, at least initially. And as I said on a previous podcast, uh, when we come to Christ, I view it as having two meters in our life. Uh, On the one hand, there is the desire meter. On the other hand, there is the action meter. The desire meter, when we come to Christ, bumps a 10 on a scale of 1 to 10. We have a real desire to follow Him and to, and to grow and to do what He wants us to do. He definitely, immediately changes our desire. The action, on the other hand, is, is where the growth is. Uh, it doesn't bump 10 immediately. As a matter of fact, it bumps 10 when we get to heaven, uh, and we become just like Jesus. But, but there is discernible growth growth that happens. Real ongoing change for the better definitely occurs in genuine Christ followers. And if you're not seeing over the period of time uh, in your life, if you're not seeing real growth, real change, however small that may be or however big that may be, if you're not seeing real change, you need to examine yourself to find out whether or not you're truly a follower of Christ, whether you've truly been saved, been born again. The the, the um, passage of Scripture in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, we've been studying now. This is the fifth podcast uh, that on those two verses. And uh, we saw in verse 1, the Apostle Paul made an appeal, an appeal to, to the brethren. In other words, an appeal to Christ's followers. And he said, based on the mercies of Christ and, 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 and those mercies, uh, the mercies of God, those mercies were uh, delineated throughout the first 11 chapters of Romans. But just to kind of summarize it, uh, the fact that he saved us by his grace. All that he did to make that possible, that based on those mercies, 
um, he appealed to us to present, to yield, to give over on an ongoing basis our bodies, what we have as a living sacrifice. It is our logical, reasonable, acceptable uh, worship, service of worship. And so he's appealing to us to, to uh, live a lifestyle of service and worship to Almighty God. And then in verse 2, we saw that there were two commands, and, and then there is one outcome. The first command is a negative command. Do not be conformed to this world. Do not outwardly fashion yourself to the philosophies of this world. And then the positive command is, but be being transformed. Be in the process, ongoing process of being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And and that is the ongoing process of sanctification, of spiritual growth. And it all starts in, in the mind, the mind, a mind change, a mindset change. And, and we see that that comes from the Word of God, from knowing and obeying the Word of God. And so that's why we should always be reading the Word of God. We should always be sitting under teaching of the Word of God, good, genuine teaching of the Word of God. And, and, and uh, we, we should then, as we know it, put it into practice in our lives. That is very, very important. And so that is the positive command. Now we come to the outcome at the end of of verse 2 on today's podcast, and it is this, that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And so the outcome of of, uh, obeying those commands, of of accepting that appeal and obeying those commands is, is that you may approve what the will of God is. Now, what does that mean? Well, the word prove there literally means to test and find it true. Now, uh, it's not a matter of testing uh, to see, well, well, it may be true or it may not be true. It is true, but in our experience... As we grow in Christ, we are finding out that the will of God is true. It is right. Uh, and, and this word prove here is in the uh, present tense. It is a verb that is in the present tense, which means it is an ongoing process in our life. It is not a one and done kind of thing, but we're living the life that, that, that constantly proves and finds true that the will of God is good and acceptable and perfect. We'll get to that in a minute. So what is the will of God? And I want you to hear this today because there's a lot of misunderstanding here and and this this uh, should help to clear up misunderstanding. What is the will of God? You know, we have people looking and searching and, and praying uh, to know the will of God and, and uh, so I'm, I'm going to help you to understand it. Uh, what the will of God is, it is the settled, revealed commands of God in His Word. Uh, that is his revealed will, and 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 you you need to understand that. Again, I want to say it again: the will of God is the settled, revealed commands of God in His Word. It is not subjective; rather, it is objective. And uh, um, what I mean by that is, well, let me go on, and say, and, and this will clarify it a little bit. It's not about. Um, 
trying to trying to uh, find out uh, uh, and get direction in many of our life decisions. And and I know this is going against what some of you uh, uh, have been told, or even what you believe, or even what you've been uh, living. But but it is not about uh, God. Which car should I buy? Uh, God, which house should I get? Uh, God, should I live in, uh, in in Missouri or should I live in Indiana or should I live in Pennsylvania? It is not about that. It is about learning and obeying the stated commands of Scripture. Now, when we do that, then then the circumstances of life. And, and there are many circumstances of life. You know, do you pray about whether or not you should buy this brand or that brand of orange juice in, in, in the, in the uh, supermarket? You see, I'm not making light of this. I'm trying to help us understand that, that uh, those are the kinds of things in life that um, uh, God doesn't tell us. <laughs> which car to buy. He doesn't tell us which house to buy. He, he doesn't tell us which brand of orange juice to buy. Now, there may be some principles that, uh, that are stated in the Word of God that would, um, for example, guide us in, in terms of, um, let's say we're going to buy a car and it's going to put us into debt that we really can't afford. Well, there's a principle there in the stated will of God that says, hey, you don't need to go into debt to buy that car. Uh, uh, th- there's a difference between that and should I buy a Ford or a Chevy or or, or, or should I buy uh, a certain brand of something or, or should I buy this house or that house? Um, th- th- that is not the point. Do you understand what I'm saying here? The will of God is the settled, revealed commands of God in His Word, and there's plenty there. There's plenty there to be learning and to, and to be obeying. And so here in, in Romans 12, at the end of uh, uh, verse 2, we have three adjectives, three adjectives that describe the will of God. It is called the good. It is good. This good is connected to God's character. It is it is. Uh, God's will can't be anything but good. It comes out of the goodness of God, uh, the moral goodness of God. And then it is called acceptable or that which is well-pleasing to God. And so if if it's good out of the goodness of God, it has to be well-pleasing to God. And then it's called perfect. God's will is perfect, nothing less, nothing less the perfect will of God, and we can prove, we can test and prove that God's will is good, that it is well-pleasing to God, that it is perfect and nothing less. Now, um, here's, here's the thing. Can we always, do we always keep the will of God? No. I'm glad for the mercy of God, aren't you? That perfect will of God. I'm an imperfect person here. Um, and, and I need the mercy and the grace of God in keeping His will. But Jesus came to do the will of the Father. He said that on more than one occasion. And and he definitely did the Father's will. He taught us in the in the model prayer to pray, Your will be done on on earth as it is in heaven. Um, we should want God's will to be done in our lives and in the lives of others. And it begins by trusting Him for uh, salvation and then obeying Him in, in our sanctification. And and then Jesus, uh, uh, what a great example of yielding to the will of God. He prayed in the garden, um, not 
my will, but yours be done, Father, on the night before his death. Uh, when he was willing to, to uh, drink the cup of suffering, to take our sins on himself, uh, you know, and, and so that was him praying for God's will to be done in his life. Um, you know, one of the good things that, that, that I love is in 1 John chapter 2, verse 17, uh, the scriptures say that those who do the will of God will live forever. And, and basically, it is talking about eternal life that we have in the Lord and, and that pleasing of God. And so, uh, God's will, uh, finding it, and knowing that it is good and well-pleasing, acceptable to God and perfect, when we're living in God's will, we enjoy the blessings of that, the consequences of that. When we're going against God's will, we suffer the consequences of that. Um, Paul put it this way, we reap what we sow. And when we sow obedience, obedience to the will of God, uh, we find blessing in our life. And I'm not talking about getting things. I'm talking about the blessing of peace, the blessing of, you know, when you, when you obey God and do it, do the right thing, we, we don't suffer the bad consequences that happen when we disobey God's will. Uh, and there are many examples of that, but I, I'm out of time now. I just want to say, uh, do you see real ongoing change for the better in your life? I hope you do. I would encourage you to reread Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and go back and listen to the previous four podcasts and this one again, and let God work in your life. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.